What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was supposed to come out last night. My bad. My bad. Last morning, I should say. But we got it back. We got it back. Let's get it started. Welcome in, divers. Welcome in, welcome in. So we're going over a mock draft today. Enough screwing around, let's get down to business. We're going to do a couple of mock drafts. I'm going to do a, do them from different spots for you guys. I'm still debating whether I want to do a super flex or not because I know that's not like what everybody does and everybody usually at least has one league where it's standard. That's what we're going to do today. We'll see if I do super flex in the future. Let me know if you want me to do a super flex. And I will tell you this, if you leave me a review and you say, do a Superflex mock draft, in the review, I will 100% do it. No questions asked. No questions asked, I will do it. But today we're going to go over a regular mock draft. I randomized draft order. We're talking PPR, 12 team, and your boy is is drafting at the 11 spot. So I'll tell you right off the bat, not happy with it. Because I don't like that spot. Usually I do. Most years I actually really like the back end turns. But this year, it's not a great place, but I do think that we can work with it. So we're going to start the draft. I'm using Sleeper to do the mock, and basically the computer is going to use ADP and sim all the picks until it gets to me, then I'll make the pick live with you guys. We'll talk about it. All right, so let's start the draft. Full PPR, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one quarterback, one flex, six bench, defense kicker. Just the absolute bare minimum standard. All right, that's what we're going with so first overall christian mccaffrey good pick dalvin cook at second overall good pick no disagreements there jonathan taylor a little high for me at three actually a lot high for me alvin Kamara at four derrick henry at five nick chubb at six saquon barkley at seven ezekiel elliott at eight the first eight picks going off the board are running backs running back is already getting thin Devonte, which is part of the reason why i don't like drafting this late Devonte adams at 1-9, Tyreek Hill at 110. Now I'm on the board. It's an easy pick for me. No questions asked. You look at who is the most valuable player on the board, and it is by far the number one tight end over the last three or four years consecutively, Travis Kelsey. I'm taking him here at 111. Travis Kelsey is at worst in my mind, at worst worth a top three pick. McCaffrey is locked in at one, but you could make a case for Kelsey. Kelsey should be locked into the top three if you're looking at value over replacement, if you're looking at what he's actually worth. Now, you might look and say, you know, I think Alvin Kamara as a running back on my roster, I think that looks prettier. That sits better in my mind than Travis Kelsey. But Travis Kelsey is going to help you win more games, I'll tell you that much, because Travis Kelsey is going to be the tight end one. He always is, right? As long as he doesn't see the huge drop off, which I don't think any of us are projecting this year, as long as that doesn't happen, he's going to be the tight end one especially because the tight end two for pretty much everyone at this point for redraft purposes, Darren Waller, if Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards get better, maybe Darren Waller won't get as big of a target share. 
Travis Kelsey outscored Darren Waller last year by like three or four points per week. Per week. And that's the second best tight end. That is why he is so valuable to you. Because Darren Waller was clearly above the rest as the number two tight end. The number three tight end, Travis Kelsey scored six, seven points more per week than the second best tight end. So you're giving yourself a free six, seven points every week if you have Travis Kelsey. That's why I'm taking him at 111. Then at the turn, Team 12 took Aaron Jones and Patrick Mahomes. Way too high for Mahomes. I don't really have a problem with Aaron Jones there. And now this is super easy for me because Austin Eckler did not get picked at the turn. The reason I took Kelsey first is because I thought it was more likely he got picked in the turn than Austin Eckler. That was the combo I was hoping for. I got it here. Austin Eckler at 2-2. He's my running back three overall. If he's used the same way he has been in terms of the receiving game and getting just under 50% of the carries, which I think is very, very reasonable, but then he gets the red zone usage that Alvin Kamara got, which is the the offensive coordinator in uh, for the Chargers is from New Orleans and worked in that offense with Alvin Kamara. So if he tries to manipulate that and he tries to take that and say, you know, let's use Austin Eckler the same way, his touchdown potential skyrockets and he's a top three running back. At worst, Austin Eckler is a middle tier or back end RB1 at worst. And you're drafting him at that. You're drafting Austin Eckler right now at his floor. So I love it. I absolutely love it. Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler to start the draft. Now let's talk about what happens after. DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Najee Harris at 2-5. I like that one. DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley. Nice. Calvin Ridley at 2-7 is a good one. DK Metcalf's huge reach in my opinion. Joe Mixon at 2-8. Justin Jefferson. A.J. Brown, Antonio Gibson. I love A.J. Brown and Antonio Gibson right there. Both both nice picks. George Kittle at 2-12. I think that's a little early. Keenan Allen, 3-1. That's a great pick. J.K. Dobbins, 3-2. Darren Waller, 3-3. Amazing pick. Josh Jacobs. And this is so... I'll tell you guys right now. Part of the reason I hate being towards the back turn in this year is because if Kelsey's not there, you're going running back, running back. But then once he gets back to you at the 3-4 turn, the rest of the running backs are gone and all the tight ends are gone, right? Because I'm assuming Travis Kelsey, like we said, is not getting to you if he doesn't get to you. Luckily, he got to us, so that's nice. But then that puts us in a different type of bind, as you'll see in a second, because I just watched it sim to the end. All the running backs are gone. All the running backs, once you get to the back end of the third round, are gone. So if you're at the 10 through 12 spot in a draft, in a regular snake draft, you have to you almost have to get those running backs. Otherwise you're almost forced into a zero RB approach, which you guys know I do not approve of. So that's why I made sure I got Eckler. I had to get Kelsey. That's top tier. So we're gonna see what I can pull off with running backs the rest of the draft. But just to continue with what happened so far, after Darren Waller, which he goes at the two three turn pretty much every time. If you're in picks one through three, especially if you have pick one, if you land McCaffrey and Darren Waller you can automatically guarantee yourself, as long as you don't crap your pants the rest of the draft, you can guarantee yourself a playoff spot. As long as you don't have injuries and as long as you don't just draft a whole bunch of busts the rest of the way. If you're just an average drafter from that point on, you're going to make the playoffs for sure. Because Darren Waller is the second best tight end and Christian McCaffrey gives you six points more per week than any other running back over the last two years. So it's ridiculous. He's the running back of, or he's the Travis Kelsey of running backs. 
talking about Christian McCaffrey. So that's why I love being in the beginning because I could get McCaffrey Waller and another really good running back because there's still some there. But anyways, after Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs went. Clyde went in the middle of the third. That's pretty nice value right there. Terry McLaurin in the middle of the third. Nice. Josh Allen. No thank you. Not taking quarterbacks that high. Chris Carson, 3-8. DeAndre Swift, 3-9. Amazing value. I was hoping, so close, two picks away, that he would drop to me at the back of the third. David Montgomery, sorry, at 310. And now I'm up. I have to choose who I'm taking. And I look at the running backs, and I don't like them. Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders, Darrell Henderson, who also just hurt his thumb. Travis Etienne, Miles Gaskin. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Gaskin, but obviously not here. Not here. Not this early in the draft. No way. So I'm going to look at the, the wide receivers. I already got my tight end, and there's not any really worthy of being picked here anyways. So I'm going to look at the wide receivers. And we're going to see if I can scrape together the, the running back position once it get, gets back to us the next turn. But on this turn, I'm looking at pretty much four wide receivers. And so I know I'm going to get two of them. Allen Robinson, Julio Jones, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I'm going to start off with Allen Robinson because when you're close to a turn, you got to think, okay, if there's like two picks or four picks before my next one, it's not necessarily take which one of, if you have two guys that you really want, it's not necessarily take which one you like better. It's take which one you think won't drop to you at the next pick because that's an easier game to play usually. So, or it is an easy game to play usually. And I did it right. So I took Allen Robinson. I have Cooper Cup ranked higher than Allen Robinson. I have Robert Woods ranked higher than Allen Robinson. But I think it's more likely one of those guys, especially because there's two of them, drop back to me. And I don't want two, both of them on the same team. Um, so it's more likely one of them dropped to me than Allen Robinson. So I took Robinson first. Then Julio Jones and Mike Evans went on that turn. And so then I took Cooper Cup. I just landed. Austin Eckler's my running back three. Travis Kelsey's my tight end one. And now I just got Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, two back-end wide receiver ones. I think Cooper Cup's like wide receiver eight or nine, and Robinson's like 12 for me. So two back-end wide receiver ones for me in the third and fourth round. That's great. Right after Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, then Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders, Chris Godwin, Mark Andrews, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Darrell Henderson, Russell Wilson. That is way too high. Russell Wilson in the fourth round in a non-superflex. That is ridiculous. CeeDee Lamb at 412. That's decent. Lamar Jackson at 5-1. That's a pick I'm okay with because you're in the fifth round now and you're getting my second ranked quarterback. And you're getting a quarterback that has once upon a time, two seasons ago, has 30 points per week. That is absolutely amazing. So Lamar Jackson at 5-1, I'm good with that. Kyle Pitts at 5-2. Travis Kelsey, that's actually not horrible. He usually gets taken way higher than that. Travis Etienne at 5'3", Kyler Murray at 5'4", that's another one because he's right next to Lamar, so I'm okay with that. The fifth round is when I would be looking to get one of these guys, Lamar, Kyler, or Josh Allen. If you could get one of those three guys in the fifth round, okay. Fourth round, it depends on how the draft is going, but I probably would try to not get them that high. Then after Kyler Murray in the middle of the fifth, we have Jamar Chase. Horrible pick in my opinion. This is redraft, remember, not dynasty. Miles Gaskin, Tyler Lockett, who will definitely outscore Jamar Chase. Deontay Johnson, who probably will score outscore Jamar Chase. Justin Herbert, Adam Thielen. And now it's back to me. So I'm still trying to scrape up running back. So far, I've got Austin Eckler. I need to... This is the time. This is... I almost am pigeonholed into this, but I'm fine with it. I'll Because I, I think I can figure it out. All right. So with that said, 
The running backs I'm looking at and the guys that are on the board, Chase Edmonds, Javonta Williams, James Robinson, Mike Davis, Raheem Mostert, Ronald Jones, Michael Carter, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette. So not much there. But I really love Javonta Williams. And with Melvin Gordon being banged up, Javonta Williams being on a team with a good offense, good outside weapons to help him be efficient and a good defense to stay in games and not have him get game scripted out and be able to run the ball a lot still because of the defense. I like Javonta Williams a lot. And he's more of an ideal number three running back for me. And usually that's how I have him in my drafts. Sometimes he's my RB4. This is one of the few spots and one of the few scenarios that leads me to having two wide receivers inside of the top four rounds, especially only one running back. So I'm trying to make up for it here. I'm going to take Javonta Williams at 5'11", back into the fifth round. I think that's a really good value. He's like RB24 for me. So, you know, barely an RB2, but I'm good everywhere else so far. And Javonta Williams has huge potential because if Melvin Gordon really does go down to injury, Javonta Williams is easily, easily a top 12 running back if he's as as advertised because I think he is. Then right after I took Javonta Williams, went James Robinson, and then Kenny Galladay on the turn. Now it's back to me. So I'm only picking between two guys. It's for me between Mike Davis and Chase Edmonds. Now this is full PPR. That's good. But Chase Edmonds has James Conner. Now a lot of people are worried that Mike Davis might have somebody come in and challenge him. That's true. And you guys also know I like Javion Hawkins a lot, and I think he might be better than Mike Davis. But everything or I should say everything that they have not done, I was going to say that they have done, but that they have not done in terms of bringing anybody else in, kind of says, all right, they're going to give Mike Davis his shot. So if he is getting a shot, I'll take a shot in the beginning of the sixth round for a running back who I actually have ranked above Javonta Williams. I just think he's riskier and has less potential. That's why I took Javonta first. Mike Davis, and I, I really had no idea who would be more likely to fall, so that's why I just took the one I liked better. Javonta Williams at 5'11", then I go Mike Davis at 6'2". So now I've got three running backs, Eckler, Javonta, and Mike Davis. So we'll see what happens after that. I feel super confident about my number two and number one wide receivers in Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, and obviously Kelsey gives me a huge edge. Then after Mike Davis goes Dak Prescott, Brandon Ayuk, TJ Hawkinson, Chase Edmonds, Michael Thomas. It's not a horrible place to take the risk, but that's still a little high for me. Juju Smith-Schuster, that's a nice pick. Odell Beckham, T. Higgins at 6'10", great pick. Devonta Smith, 6'11", Chase Claypool, 6'12". Melvin Gordon, DJ Chark, Aaron Rodgers. Don't fall for the Aaron Rodgers trap, guys. I've said it so many times. He was twice as efficient as usual last year. It's not going to happen again. Noah Fant at 7'4". Then Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady, that's way too high. You're drafting him at his ceiling. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Jalen Waddle. I like Waddle a lot. I think that's pretty high, though. I I usually see him going more in like the back of the eighth, not the middle-ish back of the seventh. So a little high for me, but I don't mind it. Ronald Jones at 7'10", and now I'm back at the board. Kind of disappointed. I would have definitely taken a shot at Ronald Jones as my RB4. Like I said, I'm super confident in Kelsey, obviously, in my two receivers. So I'm going to hit running back again. And there's only really, I guess, two people that I'm p- picking between, and that's Trey Sermon and Michael Carter. And it was very, very tough. And I was about to hit Trey Sermon. And then I was like, you know what, Brandon, Michael Carter was ranked one spot ahead of Trey Sermon in your pre-draft rankings before they were drafted to teams in the NFL. This is full PPR. Michael Carter's much more likely to get more receptions than Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is with the 49ers who utilize a running back by committee 
and Michael Carter is with the Jets, who are probably also using a running back by committee since they have the coaches from last year's 49ers. And that's what it looks like they're doing right now. And everyone's like, oh, Ty Johnson's a good sleeper, and he's going to get good work, which he probably will get some good work. So I had to choose, and I said, I'll take the one that I think has better PPR upside. So I took Michael Carter, even though I think he's a little overrated. At the back of the seventh and in need of running back, in my eyes, I said, all right, I'll take the shot. So I took Michael Carter, and then after that was Raheem Mostert, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard at 8-1. Guys, that's a perfect value. Keep him on your board. If I didn't have Kelsey at 111, I would have definitely taken Goddard right there. So now I'm going to go back to the wide receiver position because now I don't really see. I could hit Trey Sermon if I wanted to, but I just hit running back, and I really see a guy that I really love who I think has huge potential. That's LaVisca Chenault. So I take him here at 8-2. He's my wide receiver 3. Then we've got some other guys go off the board. I'm going to start hitting on just really important guys. I don't want to get too crazy and you know have every single person get listed. But Gronk went at 8-3. That's way too high. Brandon Cooks went at 8-7. That's a good value. I was kind of hoping he would get back to me. Trey Sermon at 8-9. That's a good value. Zach Moss at 8-10. I'm not touching those guys. Tyler Boyd, this one kills me. Tyler Boyd at 8-12. Great value. I wish I could have been a part of it. But I had to choose between him and LaVisca. LaVisca's ranked higher, more likely to not make it back to me. And I like them pretty close to each other, so I took LaVisca. Tyler Boyd's not going to make it back to me, though, because Team 1 knows what he's doing, man. You got Christian McCaffrey. He's got George Kittle, so a, a good tight end. Now, I think that was high, and I would much rather Darren Waller, who almost went a full two rounds later. But he did still get a good tight end, so that's good. And then you got Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, Lamar Jackson. He's got Kittle, McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson. Those are all really elite players at their positions. And then Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, that's great. And now he's getting Tyler Boyd super late. Kind of jealous of that draft spot. That's actually my favorite draft spot this year. And usually number one is not the case for me. Usually I'm more of a back end of the guy, uh, back end of the draft cycle type of guy or a mid-round pick type of guy, but not this year. Anyways, after Tyler Boyd, some other notable names I would say is Stafford in the middle of the ninth and Tannehill in the middle of the ninth, right after each other. Great spot. And then I get sniped by two players that I really wanted. Antonio Brown and Damian Harris both go right before my pick in the end of the ninth round. So now, once again, I'm looking. Do I want running back, wide receiver? I'm really just start starting to go best player available. I've got four running backs inside the top seven rounds, even though it wasn't necessarily how I would prefer it. I still got it done. So LaVisca Chenault was my last pick. He's my wide receiver three. I'm going to get my wide receiver four here. I'm going to take Corey Davis. Corey Davis was super hyper-targeted by Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was just over and over. Boom, 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 boom. Again and again, throwing the ball to Corey Davis. So I'm going to take him here. Elijah Moore might really not be some huge target share king like everyone is hoping. And Corey Davis might be the dude. So, and I already was projecting Corey Davis to outdo Elijah Moore, but it might be by a lot more than I initially thought. So Corey Davis, love him at 9-11 here. Then Jalen Hurts goes at 9-12, and Marquise Brown now is back to me, and I take another receiver. I'm taking Michael Pittman. So I was kind of troubled between Michael Pittman and, let's see, Darnell Mooney. That's who it is. And Mike Williams. Those are the three guys I was choosing between just now. So... Mike Williams, Darnell Mooney, and Michael Pittman. I took Pittman because he is the number one on his team out of all of those. 
and well, actually, that's pretty much it. Mike Williams, I don't think is going to be too far off if he can stay healthy, but he has those health questions more than a Michael Pittman does. So that's what steers me away from Mike Williams. And as much as I love Darnell Mooney, his potential is capped with Allen Robinson there. And if for some reason they just keep playing Andy Dalton, which I I would say is less than 1% chance that that happens, that he plays more than half the season. And I would say probably less than a 25% chance he plays more than four weeks as the starter, but who knows? So that's another little minor risk factor with Darnell Mooney. I'd much rather have him with Fields because Fields has a beautiful deep ball. He's got a stronger arm, and he'll make the offense better and increase possible touchdowns for Darnell Mooney. So those guys, actually, since we're talking about him, Mike Williams went at the back of the 10th. Nice value there. Darnell Mooney went in the middle of the 11th, and then Curtis Samuel went after that. That's pretty much it. The only notable guys, in my opinion, now it gets back to me. I still haven't drafted a quarterback. That's usually what I'm doing. Unless I'm getting Lamar in the fifth round or it's a super flex, I'm pretty much punting quarterback, taking guys late that I really like. One of those guys is Justin Fields. Figures, right? Just talking about him. Justin Fields looks really good, really tough. He is going to get you plenty of rushing yards because every time that pocket broke down, at least what we've seen so far in preseason, He's up and out of there, and he's doing very well at it. He keeps his eyes downfield. He also does good at not taking hits. He goes down right before the hits are coming in, kind of like a Russell Wilson. He doesn't take too much contact. And when he does, he's a freaking beast. He gets right up. He got blown up. I'm sure most of you guys saw it. He got blown up in that preseason game. Got right up. Nothing happened. Most quarterbacks, I guarantee you, 9 out of 10 quarterbacks in that situation, are staying down on the ground for at least 10 seconds, processing what in the world just happened and they're going to have to get checked at least out for a play to get checked for a concussion before they can go back in fields popped right back up he said nope i'm good to go let's go so i love it so justin fields is the first quarterback i'm going to take that's all for upside and then i know this guy's going to get back to me so i had no problem taking fields first because i wanted to secure him a kicker and a defense of course stupid a kicker and a defense go way too high in the draft when, when there's still three rounds after those two picks somebody takes a kicker in defense and so I take Tua Tua I think is going to be a very safe option he doesn't have a huge ceiling but he's going to be a perfect holdover for me especially because he has an easy schedule he's going to be a perfect holdover until Fields takes over so I'm completely fine with Tua then after that we've got some good value picks Henry Ruggs in the middle of the 12th Elijah Moore in the middle of the 12th Michael Hardman, super late, I guess. Trey Lance, I really like that pick, the back of the 12. I struggled between Trey Lance and Justin Fields, but with what I've seen from Fields in the preseason, they both looked really good, but from what I've seen from Fields specifically, I'm like, yeah, I want that on my team. Trey Lance at the back of the 12th, though, that's awesome value. And then let's see some other values. Somebody took the shot at Deshaun Watson in the beginning of the 13th. Not a bad idea, but I don't know. It's hard for me to see him playing this year at this point. And then after that got back to me, I'm looking, all right, let me get some more running backs in this room. I've only got four, and I feel super confident in my five wide receivers with Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, both wide receiver ones, LaVisca Chanel, a good wide receiver two, or like at least flex. Corey Davis could have very similar potential there, and same with Michael Pittman. So I feel confident in those five wide receivers, and you could get wide receivers off waivers way cheaper and way easier then you can running backs when somebody gets hurt. Running backs go for everybody's money, so it's super hard to get them. But 
Because of that, I'm going to go running back here. And there's somebody I really like, and I knew I could get him at the back end of the draft. I do it every single draft. It's Kenneth Gainwell. If Miles Sanders went down, he would probably be getting 10 to 12 carries, which is perfect because he is going to be already used as a receiving running back there. So I like Kenny Gainwell. He was ranked higher than Michael Carter for me in this year's rookie class of running backs. So I love the talent. Situation's not great. Could definitely be better. But at this point in the draft, I'm all about it. So Kenny Gainwell at the back of the 13th. And then I take Xavier Jones at the beginning of the 14th. The news has not fully kicked in. The ADP has not fully changed with Darrell Henderson's thumb injury yet. And you need to be aware of things like that. Because if you're drafting, let's say you're drafting the day you listen to this. So you're drafting on Tuesday. Or let's say you're drafting Wednesday or this weekend. Maybe even by this weekend, draft stock has not caught up to Xavier Jones yet. Or or Funk. Is it? I always mess up his name. I think it's Jake Funk, right? the other running back that could possibly be relevant in Los Angeles for the Rams. So I'm taking my shot here at Xavier Jones, second to last pick in the 14th round. If Darrell Henderson really does have a mess up thumb, (laughs) then all of a sudden Xavier Jones is possibly the RB1 there. They can't catch a break with the running back injuries, it seems. But that's who I'm taking there. Now I've got six running backs, one who I'm absolutely confident in in Eckler. Javante and Mike Davis and Michael Carter, who I think all have good potential, Javante and Mike Davis, I'm confident in at least being flexible and hopefully more. Javante definitely will be more later down the, the year. And my team is definitely going to be good enough to get to the playoffs. So if Javante picks up, he could be a difference maker for me. Same thing with Michael Carter, even though I don't like him nearly as much. And we go down to my last pick. I know I've already got two quarterbacks. I usually never do this, but I'm only going to do this because this is something I can find out right away and then I can drop a quarterback. All right, I'm going to take Cam Newton at 15-11. Cam Newton's got a good schedule. I think he's really healthy. I think he looks good. And I think he's going to be great for fantasy. So I'm going to take him here. And I'm I'm telling you straight up, I'm probably going to play Cam Newton week one. He was the third quarterback out of the three I drafted. I'm probably playing him week one. Because for some reason, Andy Dalton is going to start week one, no matter what Fields does in the preseason, it seems like. Andy Dalton's going to start week one. So obviously you can't start Fields. So it's between two and Cam Newton. I'm going to take Cam Newton because I think if they both played the same amount of games, Cam Newton would outscore Tua. So I'm going to play Cam Newton. And then if Cam Newton gets benched, I got Tua. Or if Cam Newton is bad and I let go of him, that's fine. I have an extra bench spot now for a waiver move, and I've still got Tua until Fields is back. Once Fields does take over, though, I'm shedding the weight off my roster. Once Fields takes over, I don't need Cam Newton. I don't need Tua because... Fields and Cam Newton will be very similar. I might keep them both to schedule match, depending on how I feel about the rest of my roster and if I really want to get somebody off waivers or not. But a guy like Tua will definitely be hitting the waivers once I have a guy like Fields get that job. So that's just a little insight into team management after the draft. Notice that I didn't draft a kicker or defense. That's important. So let's say, what do I do, right? What do I do when I need a kicker and a defense? Because I'm going to have to drop two players. Well, first off, Xavier Jones and Kenny Gainwell are probably going to be my two drops, even though I took them before Cam Newton. Like I said, I'm going to start Cam Newton week one. Xavier Jones will not be a drop if it turns out Darrell Henderson is super hurt. Now, if it we find out his thumb is, is nothing and he's going to be used as a receiver still and everything's going to be fine, then I'm going to drop Xavier Jones. That's easy. If not, I'm going to have to keep him and I'm going to have to drop somebody else. Maybe at that point I would drop Cam Newton and just have to suck it up and play two a week one. K- 
Kenny Gainwell, he's not somebody that's going to start off hot. He's a rookie running back that was picked in the middle rounds. They usually take a little bit to get going in their rookie seasons. So he's somebody I could drop. And then once I figure out my roster and my plan for the team and everything that's going on and who I need and who I can let go of and who I can trade and all that good stuff, Kenny Gainwell can then be later added to my roster because by week three, four, he's probably still done nothing. He hasn't been picked up and then I can grab him. So that's kind of how I work things out. Why draft a kicker in defense when you can take two shots at players? Imagine this. I drafted a kicker or a defense instead of Kenny Gainwell, and Miles Sanders gets hurt in the last preseason game, or he gets hurt in practice before week one. All of a sudden, Kenny Gainwell is a hot commodity. He's the hot, hottest person on the waiver. Everyone's picking him up, dropping mad money, when I could have just had him for free. And it's because I wanted to secure a kicker, which doesn't really make a difference. So... I mean, if you're talking like Justin Tucker or something, or Harrison Butker, sure. But also those guys get drafted way too high anyways. They're getting drafted like five rounds ahead of the back of the draft, so no thanks. Um, so yeah, that's basically my thought process. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll go over the team one last time. So at the tight end position, my first overall pick at 11 is Travis Kelsey. Then my running backs are Austin Eckler, Javonta Williams, Mike Davis, Michael Carter, Kenny Gainwell, Xavier Jones. My wide receivers, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, LaVisca Chenault, Corey Davis, Michael Pittman, and my quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Tua Tagovailoa, and Cam Newton. That is the team for you. You can uh, bookmark this podcast episode if you want. You can come after me if this team looks like a bust after the year. But if it looks good, give me some credit too. Thank you guys for tuning in. Drop a rating, drop a review. Have a good one as a quick one, which means, hey, maybe I'll record another one here in a couple days. And we'll squeeze out an extra podcast this week. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Have a good one. Peace.